Welcome to the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Hummer. I'm here with uh, the man that brought sexy back, Doug Hummer. Yeah, and then they threw it away again. <laughs> Yo. Uh, and uh, Eric and Clinton are here. What up? Yo. How's everybody doing? Besides hating the Buffalo Bills. It's been a while since we did a show together. <laughs> it has been a while. It's been too long, damn it. But we're back. Yep. We're back in black. Well, I'm wearing gray. Yeah. Uh, and we got a doozy for, for the people tonight. I, I, I got to say this. Uh, Clintus, I think next year for Halloween, you and I need to go as uh, Chris Berman and Booger, and Booger McFarlane from NFL Primetime. Interesting. What do you say? I think he called you an asshole. Oh, interesting. Because, <laughs> like, I was, watching that go- I was watching it the other day, and I was just like, oh, my God, it's Clinton and I. <laughs> all right. Uh, the Rock's to- top ten moments and matches. This is the one we've all been waiting for. We did the format a little differently this time. Uh, we kind of all came up with the list. Yeah. Uh, I got some suggestions and I put it together instead of leaving it to the old school wrestling group. So we didn't have a bunch of shit that didn't make any sense. It, was, it would have been all these USWA flex Cavana stuff. Yeah. So we got quite the list going. Uh, do we have any worker of the weeks or news? I know I have a worker of the week. Uh, I would say uh, to be honest with you, I think the worker of the week in my opinion, is uh, um, Orange Cassidy because, you know, he's kind of a defending champion. He's going to wrestle uh, Shibata tonight on Rampage. Shibata? Shibata, the man who actually had to retire back in 2017 because he ended up with a hematoma. But he's back. He's going to wrestle Orange Cassidy tonight. But yeah, no, I would say I would definitely say Orange Cassidy. I don't have one. I don't watch the wrestling this week, so yeah. Eric's been too busy watching baseball. Yeah, so next week I'll be back watching wrestling. I'm giving my the new women's tag team champions this week: Asta and Alexa Bliss. That's a good pick. <laughs> I mean, uh, the rematch is going to be tomorrow in Saudi Arabia. I'm just right. I was going to go with uh, Oscar and Alexa as well. I love that tag team. That's two of my favorites. Yeah. It's nice to see them working together. And, it, and it, they do pretty well as a tag team. 
They're funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I like that. Did Eric get one? Uh, Eric said he doesn't have one because he uh, <laughs> didn't watch any uh, wrestling this week. Okay. All right. You want to get right to it, then? Uh, yeah, I mean... Do we think Logan Paul's winning the world championship tomorrow? <laughs> no. Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this much right now. The the investigation that the board of directors had into uh, Vince McMahon's conduct has ended, and technically Vince McMahon can report back to work if he wants to. He can resume his duties as, you know, whatever. But people within the company have said he's not coming back. You know, he's as good as gone. He's given the control over to Stephanie and Nick Khan and Triple H. Good. But there's also been a few people that say, God, I hope he doesn't come back. We're starting to be happy again. Yeah, because it's been kind of good, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, But I'll tell you this right now. If Logan Paul does win the world title tomorrow, yeah. you can damn well bet Vince is going to be back in that fucking office Monday. You think so? Yeah. This is such stupid shit, pal. I would never do a fucking thing like this. Yeah, fuck. I don't think they're going to give him the world title. I don't think so either. It... I'm still surprised he's the baby face. He's not getting very many pops, though, it doesn't seem like. No. People don't like him. But he's, not at all. His brother is more popular than he, he beat Silva last week. Well, they, people hate week. his brother. Too. That's the thing about the Pauls, though. You love to hate him. So, like, I think Logan works in wrestling, but it's got to be heel. I've been right. saying this from the beginning. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, another uh, bit of news. Uh, Mia Yim is in negotiations to come back to the company. Okay. She finished off her uh, uh, her run in Impact. Triple H wants to bring her back. Uh, and uh, Sasha Banks has teased that an announcement's coming. Really? Yes. Does she go off for the women's champions in Japan? Is that going to be the announcement? I, I, this is heavily rumored that she's part, part of going for the women's title in that tournament in Japan. Yeah, I, oh. I, I don't know. She said, just stay tuned. A big, annou- big announcement is coming. The, the biggest fucking thing she's ever done. Is that what she said? Well, the fucking one bleeped out. It was just an acronym and an ING, so I'm assuming that's what She's a great woman. Yeah, so uh, that's going to be coming. Uh, Don't kick the tray too much. I get tea on my cock. But, yeah, so that's pretty much uh, the, uh, the news that's going on. Oh. Uh, another bit in a, on Young Rock season three on the premiere. Uh, Becky Lynch is going to be playing the role of Cindy Lauper. I like that. Ooh. That's a good choice. Yeah. It's interesting. I think that's a damn good choice. Yeah, no. Nah, it was announced the other day. They already uh, sent out the pictures of what she's going to look like as Cindy Lauper. And the episode technically is going to be kind of centered, you know, around 1985. And it's going to be 
I think like the the premiere is pretty much going to be uh, Rocky John. Well, present day Rock is dropping out of the race for the uh, for for the presidency. But back in 1985, Rocky Johnson learns do not cross Vince McMahon. So I'm pretty sure that this is going to be an episode where Rocky gets fired from uh, WWF. Well, you cross Vince. Oh, everybody's crossed Vince. You can cross Vince. If... Well, never mind. <laughs> I don't want to kick a man while he's down. Yeah, well. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, so Becky Lynch is going to be Cindy Lauper, so and they're saying it actually might be a recurring character. Really? I didn't know she was a big deal in Rock's life. Yeah, which doesn't make any sense. Like this is going all the way back to 1985, and you know, this, if this is the episode where Rocky gets fired, Rocky never came back after after this. Yeah. Uh, he left in '85. Yeah, in late '84, early '85. Okay. Tony Atlas was still there for a while. So, yeah, I'm not sure, but yes. Yeah, so she's going to be. I think the premiere is actually just weekend. Really? I think so. Okay. Might even be tonight. Let's watch it. I said might. Actually. <laughs> All right. Let's get into the meat and potatoes. Uh, Rock's top ten moments and matches. Uh, this is the biggest moments of this young man's career. Well, he's not young anymore, but he's an old fart. The biggest moments that the Rock has uh, been a part of, and uh, the biggest matches. And this is basically our new career retrospective. We've been doing this for a while. We uh, were we kind of highlight the greatest parts of uh, a man's career. Yeah. So we'll start with some honorable mentions. Uh, I think Eric gave this one, but The Rock mocks Jericho on his debut. That was funny. Uh, that was August ninth, nineteen ninety nine, by the way. Yes. And uh, and like you know, kind of taking a page from War Drums on the other channel. That's when uh, Hulk Hogan went back to the red and yellow. Yeah. After three years. Uh, but this was funny because they had been doing this this countdown yep. to the millennium for like a month. Nobody knew what the fuck it was, right? Right. Rock's out cutting a promo before he has a match with Big Show. And Jericho comes out like they do the clock. And then like they do the break the walls down. He turns around after his arm stretched. Turns around and it's him, and he gets like a pretty big because it was in Chicago. Yeah, so he gets a pretty, a pretty decent pop, and he's cutting the promo, and then Rock just fucking lays into him. <laughs> All he had to do was the uh, and who the hell are you? Yeah, yeah. Who in the blue hell are you? I told you, I'm gonna. It doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. But yeah, no, that was that was funny because I just remember, because you know I was at that age where like a guy disappears for a while, but you have no idea like where he's going because I had no idea. It didn't really, you know, kind of occur in my head. It's like, oh yeah, no, if he's going somewhere else, he's going to be 
uh, you know, he's got to be gone for a couple of months because of a no compete. So, uh, but I did, I remember reading in a magazine, I think earlier in the year that, uh, he was going, he was thinking about signing. Yeah, I already had a couple conversations before he actually left. Yeah. And Bischoff, I don't think, held much stock in him anyway, so. Bischoff had been trying to get him to sign a contract for like six months. Really? Yeah, and he's like, nah, I'm good. But when Jericho couldn't get, uh, but uh, Jericho really wanted a pay-per-view match with Goldberg, and Goldberg's like, I'll I'll beat him on TV. Like, we'll do three minutes on TV. That's all I'm going to fucking get. Yeah. And Jericho thought he was worth more than that. Because the stuff he was doing with Ralphus and the whole, you know, uh, thing where he was calling out Goldberg, it was getting over. Yeah. Goldberg was getting pissed off because Goldberg thought that, you know, why should he have to fight Jericho when his poops are bigger than Jericho? Yeah. He didn't think it was believable. Yeah. So he's just like, I, I don't want to do this. And, you know, it disrespected Jericho, which I don't blame Jericho. And, like, comes here and, you know, Rock makes fun of him. But still, like, it got over because Jericho was able to get everything. I mean, it, but it took Jericho a while. Well, yeah, but it wasn't It wasn't one of those, like, people say the Billy Gunn thing, right? That Rock, like, completely destroyed Billy Gunn's career with that one promo. Yeah. I don't think that was really the case here with Rock and Jericho. I think it was more, it was hilarious, but I don't think anyone really disregarded Jericho after it. Not at all. No. That's on there. Uh, We have his segment with the NWO. That's another funny one. Uh, You remember that one, Clintus, when he tells each one of them they can turn it sideways, the camera they have, and shove it right up their candy ass. The camera? Is this this the one that happened at No Way Out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I remember that. That was awesome. That was funny. I haven't even tears to tell you the truth. I hope you remember it, Eric, because that was another one of your suggestions. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you told me to put that on there. Uh, no, I think it was, it was. it was one of those funny moments because – Obviously, uh, we'll get to The Rock and Hogan later, but I think it was funny that, like, NWO tried to come in and bully everyone like they did in WCW, and Rock was the first one to be like, no, motherfuckers, and he just kind of roasted them. Right, and it was like, because Rock had a match on that that show, it was No Way Out 2002, Rock had a match with... uh, uh, Undertaker, and he won the match, and then afterwards he was just like, you know, they were checking on him because they thought he was going to have a concussion, and uh, then they come in, and he's like, and Hogan's like, oh, can I get a picture? He's like, all right, cool. So he gets a picture, because it was going to be for uh, his son. Yeah. And... Uh, then Hogan made a comment, and Rock's just like, you should have just shut up. Yeah, because they were all kind of making fun of him, it seemed like. Yeah. So he's like, you shouldn't have said it. He goes, I had no problem getting a picture for 
son, and then he starts making fun of uh, Diesel, and then uh, or of Nash, and then Hogan, or and then Hall, and then Hogan. He goes Chico, Razor Ramon, and it's just like, oh fuck. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, uh. Yeah, he's like, Diesel! He, he was fighting Razor the bad guy. Yeah. He was great. Rock, no, no one was better at talking shit than The Rock. Oh, no. All right. Yeah. Another honorable uh, mention we have is the debut. I don't think it really fit on the list because... I don't think it's one of his best moments, the Survivor Series match in 97 or 96. 96. Well, and here's the thing. It was his first appearance, and his partners were Jake the Snake Roberts, the, the Widowmaker Barry Windham, and Wildman Mark Merrill. Merrill was the captain of the team. Yeah. And the opponents were Crush, Jerry the King Lawler, Gold Dust and Hunter Hearst Helmsley. And it, it was a really good mid-card match because you had guys that were, you know, kind of, they were kind of, you know, the guys had their moments. Well, everybody except for Wyndham. Because, uh, you know, even JR had to fucking point out that, you know, Wyndham's quickness was you know, uh, deterred by his fat. Uh <laughs> It wasn't very Wyndham, though. He was the stalker. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, fucking Jim Ross kept calling him Barry Wyndham. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he was supposed to be the stalker. Yeah. So, but, no, they all had their moments, but then Rocky having to go two-on-one, and then he beat Goldust and, and Crush, it was, it was a cool moment, but also, too, like the fans had really no idea who the fuck he even was, and it's kind of hard hmm. for you to get behind somebody when they really work really a lot of vignettes about. Him. I agree. I mean, you knew he was going to make a debut. They were talking. They seemed to be hyping him up all the hell when he got out there. Yeah. 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 All right, next one I have when he kicked uh, Farouk out of the Nation of Domination. I right. that. That was uh, that was something because you could kind of tell that that was coming for weeks. And uh, uh, go ahead, Quinn. I didn't say anything. Oh, <laughs> I heard something. And I thought it was your voice. It was a phone. Oh. So you go ahead. All right. So, you know, you thought it was coming because Rock uh, started, uh, you know, saying, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, or started talking as if he was the leader. And Farouk's just like, fuck you, I'm the leader. And then the night after WrestleMania 14, uh, they get to a fight. And then Kama and D-Lo and Mark Henry decide, you know, screw it, we're going with Rock. And it was just. It was weird seeing Farouk get kicked out of his own group. Yeah. Then, you know, you see... It's like they did with Edge. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's the same thing they did with Edge. Yep. 
Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I, I thought it was hilarious, and I thought it was a turning point for the nation too because he he went and uh, the nation wasn't really about the principle. Kind of changed. It, it, it kind of went a little bit away from you know, kind of the racial beginnings of it and this political statements yeah. and stuff. And it kind of turned more into like the hip group, the style, the yeah. swag, if you will. And uh, it was, everybody started, you know, being cooler. That's kind of, I mean, uh, Kama didn't turn into Godfather <laughs> or anything yet. Did he? Summertime. Oh, was he still with years. the nation when he was Godfather though? He started becoming the Godfather. He started doing the whole thing okay. early August, and then he got knocked out by Bart Gunn like right after. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. The brawl for all. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So. Yeah. I thought that. I mean, I felt bad for Farouk, but yeah. Rock was obviously the shining star in that group. Oh yeah, and that's the thing is that, but that group too. I mean, because D-Lo made a pretty good name for himself. Yes, he did. Mark Henry made a really good name for himself. Yes, he did. Obviously, yes, he he's did. no godfather. Uh, there were some big names in that son bitch. Yeah. I mean, the white Hershey mm. bar, Owen Hart, I mean, he was, or I call him Cookies and Cream Hershey, uh, Owen Hart. He just, he didn't need to be in there. No. All right. That was completely stupid. Yeah. But... And he just didn't really fit with everybody else because he was just kind of, man, I'm on hurt. Yeah. Like, I'm getting, my family's been getting screwed. It's like, well, they're still continuing to screw you. Because <laughs> Triple H wouldn't do a fucking job for you. Yeah. When he should have. <clears throat> yep. So, I have that on there. The last honorable mention we have is Halftime Heat versus Mick Foley. Oh, my God. That was fucking awesome. That was... That was an awesome match. Because it was pretty – it was just 25 minutes of them just beating the shit out of each other and Rock doing commentary yeah. the entire fucking time. Yep. Yep. And then – It was an empty arena match, wasn't it? Yeah. Empty arena match, nobody – the first time the WWF had ever done that, by the way. Was that in Philadelphia? I don't no, I don't I don't know what arena they did that in, Eric. Yeah, I, I, I'm not I forgot the arena, but I, I do it was one of my favorite endings because I thought it was such an inventive way to fin- finish the match with uh, him like putting the forklift on top of Rocky to to finish him. Yeah, the pallet. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was nice to have kind of a wholesome, a nice victory for Mick too, and then win the title back there. Yeah, and he didn't need anybody. I mean, he needed a forklift, but he didn't need anybody to hit Rock in the head with a chair to yeah to get the win. Exactly. So that really worked for me. All right, that's all the honorable mentions. Let's get into the list. At number 10, drum roll, we have the Icon versus Icon match at WrestleMania 18, Rock and Hogan. Uh, yes, you were there, Doug. <laughs> no. Yeah. And, yeah, I was about to say that. <laughs> Every time. Well, and the the funny thing about that match is that, like, 
the Canadian fans hated rock. Yeah. Like, and then that shows you how stupid Canada is. Uh, but, uh, um, like, the fact that, like, they were booing, because, you know, Canada's one of those bizarre worlds. Yeah. To where it's just like, they like who they like. You're not going to. They kind of started the whole, like, heel town thing. Yes, they did. Okay. Uh, because they cheer who they want to cheer. They boo who they want to boo, even if they're told to. You know, still back in those days, you still had to go by, all right, this is the baby face, this is your heel. Yeah. So this is who you're cheering, this is who you're booing. They didn't give a fuck. They were one of the first towns. Toronto was one of the first towns not to give a fuck for, for cities. Yep. Uh, then, of course, well, you know, Chicago has followed suit. Although Chicago's used to cheering scumbags, they cheer for punk. Uh, but, uh, like, just like the fair fact enough, that yeah. food, What'd you say? It's in Philadelphia, New York. Yeah. So, uh, it's just, yeah. it's just the fact that he was booed there, but it's just like you knew he had to win because Hogan really wasn't coming back to, you know, for like this big ass push. Mm-mm. I mean, he did win the title. Not too long after that. Yeah, which I still don't fucking understand. You have Triple H do like this. Remember match. how shitty that backlash match was too? Was it backlash or Judgment Day? The, well, he won the title at Backlash. No, the Judgment Day match he had with Undertaker, where he dropped the belt back. That wasn't bad, but his match with Triple H is pretty shitty, from what I remember. It doesn't surprise me because I'm pretty sure it's something Triple H didn't want to do. Because he had this. This huge comeback, you know, after tearing the quad and all that, he wins the title, and four weeks later, he finds out he's dropping to Hogan. Yeah. Who, by the way, technically, Hogan was coming from WCW. Yeah. All right? And we know Triple H's philosophy at WCW was. Yeah. That he has to put over. The philosophy is no. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, but it's just like... But yeah, so like Hogan, Hogan's sole purpose for coming back should have just basically been okay. I got to get this this newer crop of talent over. Right. I mean, and he got Rock. I mean, Rock didn't really help things by going to leave to do movies after. But no, fucking moron. Well, <laughs> it worked out. Was so. a great yeah. What's up, Clinton? That's one thing I always, when I think about that match, is he agreed to drop that title belt. Like, I wouldn't have never done it. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like a triple-A thing to do. No, it's not. Uh, but Rock and Austin, Rock, not Rock and Austin, Rock and Hogan had one of the loudest crowd reactions I've ever seen. Even though it wasn't totally in favor of him, the crowd was floored. Oh, yeah, no, like, yeah. just being there, it was just like, you know, when you hear it's like 90% cheering for Hogan, you have like a 10% cheering for Rock, and when I say 10%, I'm right? myself, Pernicus, and Bapa. 
Yeah, but no one was really booing too much. They booed The Rock a couple times, but it wasn't like Cena. No, it, it, they booed him like when he went for uh, the people's elbow. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. He, uh, I, I think it's one of his best matches. It's, I remember JR saying something like, you can't watch that match with the sound off. Yeah, it is an atmosphere type match, but both guys kind of laid their shit in, and it was it was like a classic experience. Right, and I just remember like one of the things I, re- I remember the most is, uh, you know, after Hall and Nash got beat up by Austin, they're just like, all right, we got to make sure Rockets gets his ass kicked, and Hogan's like, no, I'm going out there by myself. I got to watch the group. Yeah, and then afterwards, when Hall and Nash attacked Hogan, because Hogan offered the handshake. Yeah. And uh, then Rock comes out and they, you know, clean house and all that. That was a cool match. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely cool for Rock because Rock definitely got the stamp of approval. Again, it really didn't help. It really didn't matter much, though, because he was leaving anyway. Yeah. He had to go, though, and do his movies. Yeah. That ended up working out, so. Uh, do you guys have anything else on I can I can? Uh, it, was a, it was a good match. Uh, I think the story was, like, great. I mean, it's just stuff. Yeah. It was like we're passing up a new generation, one generation to the next. Yeah. 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 It was a great story. Oh, definitely a great story. I was... Uh, enthralled by it, like when they set it up, and like Rock just came out and made the challenge, and Hogan accepted it, but then uh, Paul and Nash uh, attacked him, and then hit him in the head with the hammer and all that shit. Yeah, and then ran into the ambulance with the fucking semi. Right. It was just like, what the fuck? I thought it was amazing. Uh, all right. Number nine, we have The Rock finally beating Steve Austin at WrestleMania 19 in a match that almost didn't happen. Yeah. What'd you think of this one, Eric? This was another one of your suggestions. I thought this was a, I thought this was a very good match. Uh, maybe the second best in the series, in the series after uh, 17. I mean, some people think. He might be better, but I thought this was a great story to a great ending of a robbery. One of the greatest robberies of all time. Absolutely. And with the perfect ending, because both guys went off to this. I mean, Austin retired, and then he came, but for until this past year. But. Well, yeah, like I said, the match almost didn't happen because Austin spent the night in the hospital. Yeah, because he had the yep. neck problems, right? He had the neck problems, and he was drinking yeah. too much coffee. He almost had a heart He thought he was having a heart attack. That's crazy. Oh, damn. So he's just like, because he's trying to get ready because he's just like, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. Uh, and he went out there and did that, and... They were. I had heard that they were actually gonna be the main event. Yeah. Like they wanted. Like they were gonna be the main event. Uh, 
Because I think what happened was like Triple H wanted to be the main event. Right. But uh, he didn't want to put over Booker, so they're like, we're not going to do that because this is WrestleMania and you need a big ending. And you burying somebody else is not taking So they didn't do that. And then, uh, you know, they didn't really want Hogan and McMahon to make event. WrestleMania 19 such an underrated card, Because you, you had five main event matches. You had Michael Jericho, Hogan McMahon, yeah. yep. uh, Rock Austin, Triple H Booker, and Angle and Brock. Yeah. And even like Little oh, Sleeper, that Away Classic at the beginning was kind of cool. Oh, that was the next year. No, or no, Matt Hardy and Rey Mysterio. Uh, yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and then like you had uh you had the Undertaker in a handicap match. It was supposed to be it was supposed to be a tag. But uh Nathan Jones couldn't hang. Well yeah, they realized well because they didn't give him a uh he was supposed to make his debut but then they held it off because they're just like you know, they didn't think he was that good. It's like all right, then where the fuck you already announced him for the for WrestleMania then? Yeah, with the Undertaker. It's just like you're gonna drag. Uh, you're gonna drag Undertaker down. Yeah. So, uh, it was just it was it, that, that part was stupid. The triple threat tag title match was pretty cool. Yeah. With uh, Team Angle and the Guerreros and uh, Benoit Rhino. Yeah. But yeah, no, it, it was an underrated. It was an underrated card. Uh, Rock and Austin, though, definitely, like, Rock needed the win, the, the, that win. Yes, he did. It was a nice win for him to get, too. Uh, I thought it, uh... I think about it, I still say Austin should have kept the point sweet, but, you know, undefeated. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's really going to agree with that, Clinton. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I always agree with that. I'm big Austin fan. I'm also, I just felt like that it wasn't perfect to go out on top. I mean, yeah, I know it tosses off the whole, the Rock has to get that one inch off his back and never beating Austin at WrestleMania, but some things are just left undone. <laughs> yeah, that kind of made the story. I thought it completely enhanced the story, too. The fact that he was like, I need this. He's chasing after it. And this was like prime rock being a dickhead, too. Uh, Let's talk about Hollywood rock, because I think this is the only instance of him. Uh, How good, Clinic was the reinvention and, like, the rock concert and all that stuff? Did you enjoy the rock at this time? Uh, I I love... At first, when I first watched it, I wasn't the like big fan of it. But going back and watching it, I love it. The Hollywood Rock. The entrance. <laughs> and then the backstory of why he went Hollywood Rock because he felt like a fan turned on him and he used that. He, he, to, to it. Actually, it was the WrestleMania, the icon versus icon match that people really believed that made Hollywood Rock. Because everybody booed him at the state, at, at WrestleMania 18. When he came back, he wanted to turn on the fans. 
Exactly. And uh, I get l- the build-up to this was probably my favorite build-up because this is the hurricane shit, too. That should have been an honorable mention, too. But Oh, yeah, well. The promos were... The promos were fantastic with Hurricane. Like, the Scorpion King has a tiny thing away. Uh, yeah. And I just thought Hollywood Rock was really good. I thought they did a good job, especially after losing and uh, losing to Brock at SummerSlam and people booing him. And you could kind of tell that the fans were turning because he went Hollywood. You definitely knew they were turning him uh, at the Raw 10th anniversary celebration. That they did. Yeah. Because, like, when he showed up and he was making fun of Jericho, it's like, nobody gave a fuck. Yeah. And they... He usually had the crowd in the palm of his hand. Yeah. So I hear. So I thought it was kind of perfect that they leaned into it. And I think they could have done that for a while, too. But I thought that was, like, a perfect character for him. And then he started wearing the, the leather vest and the shades and just... I mean, he always kind of did that, but he just turned into a new man. Yeah, he was just a cocky prick, and he played it off so well. All right. Next up, we have Survivor Series 1998, and him winning his first WWF title. His was so weird because it, all right, so if you if you look back at it, the Deadly Game Tournament. And it was a 14-man uh, elimination, uh, single elimination tournament. Yes. Which kind of uh, resembled the WWF title tournament that they did at WrestleMania 4 10 years earlier. Right. Because it was 14 men. And, like, in that tournament, Hogan and Andre got the bye. In this tournament, Undertaker and Kane get the bye. Right. Okay. Rock has to go through, well, they advertised it to be Triple H, but Triple H is still recovering from knee surgery, so he no-showed. Yeah. Uh, but it ended up being Boss Man. It was a four-second match. Even though Boss Man had already been eliminated earlier on in the night by Steve Austin. Then he had to wrestle Ken Shamrock, and Shamrock got beat after Boss Man accidentally tossed Rock the nightstick. Then, he had the Russell the Undertaker, and he beat Undertaker by disqualification after uh, um, Kane came out and choked him the rock. Then we had Mankind. Mankind's road to the tournament was Dwayne Gill, <laughs> Al Snow, Steve Austin, after Shane McMahon screwed him. Yeah. You always forget Stone Cold was in the tournament. Yeah, because he had one match and then he had a bye because X-Pac and Rigo got, uh, both got counted out. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. I love this show. Survivor Series 98 was awesome. See, I've always been a huge supporter of the Survivor Series, so... Yeah. But this one in particular, I like the tournament idea and... I like that The Rock kind of had his crowning moment here. Yeah, the Deadly Game Tournament was what they called it. By the way. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah, and the fact that, like, they kind of did the same similar situation that they did the year before. I didn't like that. 
That's the only thing I wasn't really into. I think it was great to establish Rock as a heel. And I felt bad for Mick, and I, it did all that. But it also felt like this is kind of too soon. Yeah. And it kind of just... Like, you could tell it was fake this time. Oh, yeah, definitely. But it still worked, and I thought it was a good crowning moment. Any thoughts, Eric? Um, I don't... He... It was a good heel turn. It was good that he uh, joined the boss and made him into a bigger star. And and then finally, when he uh, turned back babyface, he he became one of the best babyfaces of all time. Yeah. It elevated his uh, starness. That's a word. Absolutely. Absolutely. Clinith, what do you think? Give me one minute. I wanna um I'll be right back. What's up? Be right back. He said he'll be right back. Oh, okay. <laughs> so then we won't go to him. <laughs> no. Uh Survivor Series ninety eight was great though. Uh loved it. All right. Next up, this was a uh, kind of a tie. Between Backlash 2000 and Royal Rumble 2000. Just because they were two big rock moments that year. Yeah. So, uh, but we actually... I we quit actually match, right? The I quit match at the, at the Rumble? No, no, no. That's 99. This is when he won the Royal Rumble. Oh. Okay. Yeah, this I'll is go. the... Even though technically Big Show won, but... Yeah. Or he should have, because Rock's feet hit. But that, it was Rock's big moment. The Royal Rumble 2000, when he won the Royal Rumble to get the shot, even though it ended up being a fatal four-way and mucky and everything. But the Royal Rumble itself, a good Royal Rumble 2000 was. Oh, my. It's actually. It's one of your favorites. It's probably, if I had, like, a top ten. Would you say it's your favorite Attitude Era one? Or does 2001 get the, get the nod? 2001 gets the nod for that. If I had a top 10 of Royal Rumble matches, it would definitely be on the list. Okay. Okay. And one of my favorite parts of the Royal Rumble, and I've said it a thousand times, is when Bob Backlund comes out and JR goes, What the hell is Bob Backlund doing? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, well, it's good to know you're uh, fucking hyping him up. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> What the hell is Bob Backlund doing? It's like, what? He, Bob walks through the... If Bob gets called to come in and do the rumble, he walks through the door, J.R. looks at him and goes, what the hell are you doing here? Yeah. you called me. Oh. <laughs> so, but no, it, it was a good Royal Rumble, and it was like one of those things where you kind of almost expected, like, all, you know, Xbox and the Outlaws to kind of have something to do with... You know, the winner being determined. And they were in the final six. You know, the three of them. And then, you know, they uh, Outlaws got eliminated. And then, you know, Kane got eliminated. The next pack. And then, uh, uh, and then Big Show. Well, Rock and Big Show. But, I mean, it was good. Man. It was just, unfortunately, the way they timed the spot, Rock's Unfortunately, his feet hit the floor first. Yeah. 
But uh, so yeah, it didn't. But besides that, it was a great moment for him. Yeah. Uh, and to yeah. talk about backlash briefly, that was him finally winning the big one. That was finally him getting the, the babyface pop at least. Yeah. Because, yep. but unfortunately, the fact that they didn't do it at WrestleMania because they wanted Austin to be a part of it. Yeah. Which was stupid. I hated that. Even though I loved, for some reason, I loved the Fatal 4-Way. Even though going back, that was a flaw. It should have always, I've said it a couple times on the show, that it should have always been Rock and Triple H and the big one where Rock at the moment at WrestleMania. That was the storyline you built to all year. These were the two guys that made the company. I love Mick Foley. I love Big Show, but Mick Foley had just retired, and Big Show did not need to be in the main event of any WrestleMania at that point. Well, and Triple H even exactly. said that he was Yeah. He said Mick had just retired, yeah. And, and Big Show, like I said, Toby W, how long after? About five months. So, it just, it should have been Rock and Triple H. Those were the two guys. That's what it should have been. But we finally got it at Backlash. Yes, Austin gave it to him, and it doesn't make much sense because Rock and Austin hate each other, but it was still Rock getting his moment. Yeah. That's why this one was kind of a tie, because both of these moments are a little muddled, but they're still big, huge moments for The Rock in the year 2000, which was arguably his greatest year of all time. Yeah. You needed to be grabbed. That was your knee, you sick fuck. Uh... It was probably the Rock's best year. One of the Rock's best years. Wait, Rock touched Doug's crotch? Awesome. No. I meant <laughs> 2000 was probably one of the best years for the Rock. Because Austin wasn't there. Still sad ass. Put those cookies back, you son of a bitch. Give me some keto evidence. Wow. <laughs> Keto and Wow. Yeah. There is such a thing. There's a Keto M&M's, a Keto Baby Ruth Fire, and Keto Peanut Butter Cups. Keto M&M's. We can eat McDonald's, but we can't go back in the cookies. Wait a minute. Ah. <sighs> uh. Oh, man. All right, so next up on the list, uh, Clinton, are you back? Yeah, I'm back. Brief thought, uh, we we brought up Royal Rumble 2000 and the the backlash win. Just uh, can we get your thoughts on that? All right, so Royal Rumble, I wasn't a big fan of. I was not a big fan of that Royal Rumble. When I always thought that it was always just like a mistime between the two. Him getting that win was just always just all about mistiming. Like, was it this show really supposed to win that match, or was it just because he was Rock never accidentally um, let his feet hit first to select that story about why he had the and why this show is trying to prove to get himself into the main event of that <laughs> No, I agree. 
I do. I did like the rumble. I just it had to be on the list to me because it was such a huge moment because he finally won a Royal Rumble. But uh, yeah, I, I do see what you're saying, and I do think it the moment's kind of muddled by the whole his feet touching thing for sure. But yeah. Oh yeah. Besides, besides that, it was a huge moment for him. Uh, next oh, up, yeah. yeah, I agree. Uh, next up, we have uh, ten, nine, eight, seven, six. All right, at number six, we have the the year prior's Royal Rumble, uh, nineteen ninety nine, and his big I Quit match versus Mankind. Uh, oh my God! To me, this is what I was talking about. So, this is a match. It was featured in that Beyond the Mat documentary. Yeah. Which kind of makes Rock look like a dickhead, by the way. Well, yeah, because the, the wife and kids are crying. They're all upset and all that. And Rock was beating the shit out of him with a steel chair. Yeah, he took. Apparently, he did take some liberties with the chair shots. But it, it did make the match, though, too, because the fact that he hit this motherfucker like 20 times, yeah. that would, that is still one of the most brutal matches I've ever seen in my life. What about when Mick took the dive into the electrical report? That, too, but it, that's a little more gimmicky, right? Because you can make anything, because obviously it's not a real electric fusion, but... The chair hitting his head, like, that's real. Especially what we know now about CTE and stuff, it makes yeah. it even more kind of nuts. And the yep. fact that he hit, like, he hit, he didn't hit him once. It wasn't like uh, the Shamrock thing, right? You remember like, that chair shot? Yeah. That was a big oh, one, too. That was Rock didn't give a fuck with the chair shot. Well, Shamrock told him to do it. Yeah, Shamrock didn't tell him to do it. But Shamrock told him to hit him in the face so he didn't get it in the head. Like how he was hitting mankind. Yeah. Uh, but he he hit mankind like fucking ten, fifteen times, dude. Yeah. But like when I when I'm talking about with the electrical box, it's just like Michael Cole, and and this is before Michael Cole, like everybody wanted to kill him. Yeah. Him and Jerry Lawler, and he's just like he's able to electrocute it, and Lawler's like, well, he's still moving. Well, and the thing is, is that probably hurt like fuck too, because what we forget is he was still cuffed. Yeah. So the his arms are behind his back, handcuffed, and him getting thrown at like you can break an arm that way. Yeah. So it, it's just you can like pull out a shoulder, like you can get hurt in a couple different areas like that. Yeah, and then fucking he still had the fucking sheet. Yeah. <laughs> but it was cool that like mankind wouldn't quit. Uh this is one of my favorite well, views. Just halfway through the fucking thing. Yeah. You can't say the words if you're dead. <laughs> but and it's funny because as a kid, I was a huge rock guy. But also I love Mick Foley because might have been your first words. You're back. Uh that was the pebble. Uh, but mankind. I, I still respected mankind, though. Even though I love The Rock, I was still like, this fucking guy has so much heart, and he will not quit. And you can just beat him down and beat him down, and he'll keep coming. It was just the ultimate underdog. And this is still goes down. It's probably one of my favorite feuds of all time. Almost over Rock and Austin. And 
this did such fundamental work because this was mankind kind of getting him ready for us. You know, this was kind of mankind was Rock's first big test in a main event feud that, that you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you had Austin and, and McMahon at the time, which was the big program, but under that, the second biggest program in the company is Rock and Mankind. So if you hear what was going on in the company at the time, Taker and Tate, well, you're before. Right. Well, we'll say early '99, right? Yeah. You had uh, you had Rock and Austin. Or no, you had Austin and McMahon right at that top. Right below it, you had Rock and Mankind because that was your big feud. Then right below that, you had DX and the corporate team. Yeah. Okay. Those were your three big money making feuds, and then you had your mid card stuff like Al Snow and Goldust. Yeah. Can't believe I put that in the same breath. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, you know, Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett versus Mark Henry, and Dilo, you know, all that other stuff. Because everybody at that time was made to feel important. Yeah. Which, uh, because you had, they had a lot of syndication shows to sell, too. Yeah. But this was the second biggest program in the company. And yeah. to me, it kind of got rock ready for that main event spot. And he was yeah. already kind of there, but Mankind, to me, was that test for him. And they had such a good program together. Oh, no, they were great together. All right. Eric, any thoughts on the equipment? I, I loved it. I thought it was one of the best equipment matches I've ever seen. I agree. Yeah. That was the most crucial. I think I was young. I think that was one of the gruesome matches. One, the second worst next to hell, hell, the Hell in a Cell with Michaels and Undertaker of my young age is watching wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt every chair shot he laid into that man. I felt I, I was just like out. <laughs> yeah, it's still <laughs> just watching it. You can't watch it without cringing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Especially now. Especially, yeah, especially now with CT and all that stuff. Uh, all right. Number five, halfway through here. I remember watching this uh, years ago, live when it happened. February 14, 2011, The Rock's big return, The Rock comes home. Yeah, I don't even think it was... Like, they kept it under wraps, I think. They did a damn good job. I don't think anyone really knew about it. And well, that, no, because it was originally, like, Vince wanted it to be Justin Bieber at the guest office because he was starting to kind of, like, come along. He was a big YouTube sensation. Yeah. Although a couple years later when it was proposed that Justin Bieber get in the ring and wrestle with Big Show and John Cena as his tag team partners, one of the writers said it's just like it, like it, it wouldn't do any good for the company. And no. Big Show wanted to knock that writer <laughs> But no, because Vince is looking at a uh, at a Hollywood poster, uh, the host WrestleMania. You know they were going to be in fucking Atlanta. Yeah. And uh, but 
with the fact that but Rock was ready to come back because they were going to start building to him and Cena. Yeah. So Rock's just like, look, I'll do it. And then him coming back and then uh, at one point when uh, Michael Cole was trying to go to the because they were doing that stupid fucking computer thing. Hey, how you doing? And then uh, Rock just like sit down. Yeah. No, it was a, it was a cool moment, but like also him uh, when he pretty much he, he's the one that got John Cena that spokesmanship with Rudy Pebbles for a while. <laughs> yeah, he did. That, and that was fucking hilarious. Rudy Pebble T-shirt, like he just and it was like he never left. He yeah. just came back and he started talking shit about the top guy there, and and those. Yep. Uh, the build-up to that first... And neither of those WrestleMania matches are on this list, right? But they are good matches, and I think the build-up is what makes both of them. Yeah. Uh, the first one's a lot better than the second one, but... Oh, yeah. The the build-up... The first one's always the best. The first one's the best, and these two talking shit about each other. And obviously the hosting gig... That WrestleMania sucked ass. We're not going to talk about that WrestleMania. Right. Miz is in the main event. I like Miz, but that WrestleMania sucked. Uh, but The Rock coming back here, it's just like every fan's dream came true. Right. He hadn't been there for a long time. It wasn't just he's there on a screen. He's there in front of you, and he's saying, I have some fun. It was so nice. It was so special. It was so beautiful. Right. Well, when he went back, because he returned kind of in 2008 to induct his dad and his grandfather in the Hall of Fame, they pretty much had to pull his leg to get him to do it. Yeah. Like, because he's just like, because him and Cena were having problems then. Because Cena was talking shit. And Rock was just like, I don't want to be near this fucker. Like, he insulted me, and you're letting him do it. So, like, no, I don't want to be near him. And they're like, look, it's for your dad and your grandfather. Just fucking, you don't even have to be at WrestleMania. You can fly back to whatever fucking movie studio you got to fucking be at. Yeah. But just induct your dad and your grandfather. Yeah. And his mom pretty much talked him into He's like, look, you know who this is for. Even though I think her and uh, uh, Rocky uh, Johnson were divorced at the time. Yeah. Which I didn't even know about until he had said something in an interview when he finally, when he finally, you know, after so many years, finally bought his mom a house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a little with Kevin Hart. It's about fucking time. Yeah. Yeah. Fifty billion dollars later, you yeah, finally have enough money to yeah. get Him and Kevin Hart are, are, are hilarious together. Oh, my God. I'm waiting for DC. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Any big, uh, any big thoughts on the return for me? Uh, no, I don't. I, I don't remember much of it because that was like the anniversary show or whatnot. So I don't really have big like keeping memories of it. Just uh, having a comment on it. All right. Next up, Judgment Day 2000. The Iron Man match. 
with him and Triple H, in my opinion, the best match they ever put on together. In my opinion, one of the best Iron Man matches the company's ever put on. Oh, shit. Talk about it. Okay. Well, here's the thing. If you're going to go 60 minutes, you might want to have, you know, probably not like, I mean, you don't need to have 20 falls or 15 falls. No. But you want it to be to where it can capture everybody's attention. WrestleMania 12 did not capture everybody's attention. Uh, WrestleMania 12 to me was like a baseball game that's not the World Series. Because baseball to me is night 12. Sorry. Uh, but, uh, like, but if there's a lot of action, like in that baseball game, you're good, right? So if the score's like ten to nine or some shit like that, yeah, or even like an eight to seven game or something like that, where you have a lot of runs, yeah. And the Iron Man match there weren't a lot of runs in, no. in the Brett Sean one. And this one, it was action packed the entire fucking time. Yeah. And then you had Sean in there as the referee. And, uh, you were thinking, is he going to fuck him over the whole time? Well, yeah, because I think it was at this point in time, too, where he hated The Rock, right? Well, that's the rumor. Sean's yeah. even tried to debunk it since then. But apparently, they, they've always said that those two didn't get along. But I think he debunked it recently. He's just like, why didn't I never work with him? How the hell can I not like him? Yeah. He said he apologized. Like, he probably... Rock was could have been one of the people he rubbed the wrong way. We'll say that. But he rubbed everybody the wrong way. Well, so I don't said. know if it was a big beat. That's what he said. He's just like, I was a dick to everybody back then. Yeah. Which <laughs> is true. But he is owned up. true. It's just, I think Hunter's owned up to that. Well, he can't apologize for his heart. But uh, Hunter's apologized to everybody he's fucked over. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he's apologized to Booker T. He gave Booker T a job he doesn't even fucking deserve Wednesday night or Tuesday nights on NXT. That's why only five people watch that show. Yeah. Yeah. what did you think of the Iron Man match? Uh, oh, man. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it to the very end, till the end of it. I'm, I'm, I'm always, everybody knows, this is like, the ending was really, like, really got to me. It's like, why, why I always have to have John Michaels do something to help the police win a match? Why can't you just call it down the middle? Why? It's, it's not the first time he did it. He did it the first time here after the SmackDown as well. <laughs> yeah. So, It was a great match to the very end that really brought my good years. I agree. It's one of my favorites. Uh, Eric, what did you think of the Iron Man? I thought it was a great match, a great story. These two always had great chemistry, I thought. I agree. Probably top three rock uh, feud of all time. It's a great. Rock, Austin, and Foley are probably top three. Yeah. All right. Let's get into our last moment on the list. 
And by the way, let's just say Rock and Triple H are perfect rivals. Yeah. Rock and Austin is like a special WrestleMania type rivalry, and it's one of my it's my favorite rivalry of all time. But if you're gonna say like bitter two guys hate each other going at it and like a storyline, him and Triple H probably takes the cake over that. Yeah, like even when like they really didn't like each other, like they really wanted to have these special moments with one another. Yeah, that's what made it better. Was that they were so competitive? I'll never forget, like, because he told a lot of rock stories in that interview he did with Impulsive. Yeah. Uh, which I, I still think it's fucking hilarious when he's just like, yeah, when we were first told we were bringing you in, I had no idea who the fuck you was. <laughs> They're like, yeah, Logan Paul's coming in from WrestleMania. Who? Uh, yeah, I thought that was fucking hysterical, but then. Uh, you know, when he talks about the SummerSlam match that him and Rock did with Kurt Angle. Yeah. And uh, basically, like, him and Kurt uh, did this thing, and then Kurt got hurt, you know, before Rock had even got out there. Yeah. And then him and Rock had to go, and they just had to do, like, a bunch of shit. And they're just like, all right. He looked at Earl Henry, he's like, I don't give a fuck. What else is going on? Just tell me. When, uh, if Kurt is okay and if he can come back out here and do the finish. And then he's like, just so you know, like he got work from the back and then Earl was just so you know, Kurt is not okay but he can do the finish of the match. And it's like, not, that's not how it works. If he's not okay, he can't do the fucking finish. And him and Rock are just like, what the fuck? Yeah. For such, for, for a match and, like, a whole story that was so fucked up, it, it played out perfectly, I think. Because I think, that's one of my favorite summer scenes. And that's how you know how, like, professional and good all three guys are when everything went wrong, but you didn't know. Yeah, nobody had a... Yep. Well, you could tell just by the Krispy Kreme look that was in Kurt Angle guys, but... Yeah. He, he kind of hit it. Yeah, he did. And Stephanie played her part perfectly there, too. She did. All right. Our last moment on the list, number three, we have, and I guess this is more of a big moment, but it had to be on here. This is your life. Funny as fuck. Still the highest rated segment, right? Go ahead, Eric. Oh, okay. One with this again? Because I'm going to go back and watch this. September 27th, 1999. Uh, Thank you. One of my favorite segments. Him bringing out the old gym coach and stuff. And the old girlfriend. And then Rock's like, you cheated on me, bitch. Pretty much and stuff like that. Yeah. Which, uh, by the way, well, she like, didn't say cheated. I forgot what it was. But and uh, first of all, like obviously these were all like actors and shit. Uh, because I've read Rock's book and, and in his book he had pictures of like all of them. He didn't date anybody else. Like he didn't date a porn hair. Uh if we're going... Yes, he did. He just married... That's his high school sweetheart that he married, I thought. Was it? I'm pretty sure. His wife's now blonde. I know that. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. He's getting uh, away. Yeah. Maybe I'm talking out of my ass. <laughs> but hilarious. The, the clown comes out and Rock's just being a dick the whole time. It just the Rock and Sock connection worked on so many levels. It did because you had Rock who was trying to be serious but could be funny in his promos. And you had Mick who didn't really like to be serious. Well, I mean he could be serious, but like that those that those character days were like so far gone. Yeah. Or he just wanted to be that fun loving guy. Yeah. It just worked. Yeah. And uh like when he's just like so this is because he uh, did it as like a birthday celebration. He goes, "The Rock's birthday is May second, you dumb son of a bitch." <laughs> that was the best punchline. And it's funny that Vince was pissed off at him in the back for going too long, and he didn't like the segment. Yeah, but it was like one of the highest rated segments. It is the highest rated segment ever. And the thing is, is that like they had so much kind of going on at that point, and yet it went too long. And Rock was going to be out. He was going to wrestle Triple H for the WWE title later on in the night. Yeah. And then I forgot like what else was going on at that point too. I mean, there was a few things going on. I liked it when they rehashed it. Rock did it for Mick too. Yeah, and it was the uh, it was the woman who uh, Mick jumped off her porch. Yeah. Because I think it was actually her. Uh, it was uh, Jimmy Snuka, and it was the critic who uh, shit all over Mick's book. Yeah, and then they beat the shit out of him, though, didn't they? Yeah, because he had said that uh, Rock had, uh, or because he had made fun of uh, Rock's movie. Yeah. Walking Tall, which actually is a really good movie. <laughs> I love that movie. I just do. Clintus, any thoughts on This Is Your Life? Oh, man. I loved it. I think it had me from start to finish. The most hilarious thing I've ever watched. (laughs) (laughs) On the coach, the girlfriend. Oh. So good. That's the best thing that they ever done at all. Maybe. What happened? The best thing they've ever done on Raw. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's a hard one, but yeah. All right, number two. Uh, but yeah, Eric, I would definitely go back and watch that. Oh yeah, I'm I'm going to watch it right after. It's a, probably one of the funniest segments, and then text your reaction in the group chat so we can have a moment together. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> For once, I'd just like to have a moment together where we all have our clothes on. Fuck. You know what? I'm done. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> you finally got him to do it, Doug. All right. Uh, one of the most, at number two, we have one of the most, put your phone down. We had one of the most underrated matches of all time. Uh, to me, the best triple threat match to ever take place in the WWF or WWE. We have Vengeance 2002, The Rock versus Kurt Angle versus Undertaker for the undisputed title. That was really underrated. Oh, yeah. 
one of those uh, deals where, because it doesn't really get talked about a lot. Yeah. Because this was kind of just, okay, put the title on Rock so Rock could be the one to put over Brock. Yeah. Because uh, they didn't want Kurt to do it. Because uh, they felt like it would mean more if, if Rock were the one, because, you know, it would be a different generation. Yeah. It would be a passing of the torch type. Yeah. Because Rock was the bigger star of the three, you know, Undertaker and, and Kurt. Uh, I mean, although Undertaker would kind of pass the torch to Brock later on anyway. Yeah. And then Kurt would do the stuff with it. So it was uh, it pretty much like that match, and it was kind of set up pretty good because... You know, Undertaker and Rock got into it at King of the Ring the month before. Kurt kind of threw his name into the hat. Undertaker at one point, like, that was when he made Jeff Hardy into a star. Uh, But then Jeff Hardy realized that he liked drugs better. Uh, And, like, but Undertaker was doing all this stuff. He was trying to get all these guys over. Yeah. Because he was trying to get Kurt over. He was trying to get Jeff Hardy over. Obviously, well, you really don't need, need to really get the Rock over. Rock could do it himself. He was getting John Cena over. And it was funny because usually, to me, I never really thought the Rock and Undertaker had that much chemistry. That's my hot take. I didn't think they – like, they don't have any classic matches. If match you watch their 1999 King of the Ring match, it's stopped. Yeah. So I, I never really thought that those two – but – all three of these guys together was fucking magic. And, like, hitting the multiple finishes and stuff like that. There's just so many beats in this match work for me. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of this match. Yes, I do. I'd say it was a, a, a good match. One of the, the best matches of the, of the night. I wasn't a big fan of the tournament that night. Well, no, the tournament was okay, but the match itself, I liked better. Yeah. I look forward to it. The, one, the main thing I came tuned in to watch was for that triple threat match. Absolutely. It was an active match. I'm sure. Yes, sir. All right. Drum roll number one. Uh, our number one pick for the Rocks top ten moments and matches. We've obviously talked about this one at nausea on this show, but it is probably the greatest match of his career and one of the biggest moments as well. And I have WrestleMania 17, the build up and the match itself, because everything about this screams spectacle. This is still probably the biggest spectacle of a main event WWE's ever had. It was the two yeah. main guys, both were babyface at the time. Rock had carried the company for Austin while he was out. Austin's back now, ready to take his belt. And pure magic. Yeah. Get into it, Bubba. Okay. Well, I, you know, a lot of people say WrestleMania 17 is the greatest WrestleMania of all time. You know, Conrad Thompson has gone on record said that he thinks WrestleMania 17 is overrated. But that's why when you look up Fat Idiot in the dictionary, you'll find his picture. Uh, <laughs> so, but in this match, when you had, or in this pay-per-view, 
when you had so much to look forward to. You know, you had TFC, you had Undertaker and Triple H, you had a hardcore three-way that was fucking phenomenal. Yes. Uh, you had Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit for, you know, for the wrestling fans. Yeah. You had Shane McMahon, Vince McMahon, and what was actually really good. But you had all these layers. Yeah, and and But then, like, it all, like, Rock and Austin had so much shit, they had so much stuff they had to top getting getting there. Yeah. But it was also, like, you were there for that, too. Like, yeah. it had all the layers, but also, it was enough spectacle of a main event to be like, we're buying our ticket for this match. Well, and that's the thing. They bought their ticket for that match, but then, like, everything, everything. over-delivered. Yeah, it did. Everything delivered. Like from even though Jericho and Regal had like a weird finish, that was still a good match. Though. Okay, it was still a good match. And the then, only throwaway on that is Test and Guerrero. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, they should be more sorry. Yeah. But uh, like, it was just, but everything had like the proper buildup. Yeah. And Rock and Austin, because then like you had the thing, okay. When it all started at Royal Rumble 01, it's like those two guys both deserve to be in the main event. Because it's just like, all right, who the you know, when you get down to those guys, at one point they actually had you believe that the winner could either be Rock, Austin, Undertaker, Kane, or Rikishi. Because those were your five favorites. I mean, and then you throw Billy Gunn and Haku in, and it's the final seven. And it's just like, oh my God, who the fuck's going to win this thing? Yeah. And then, you know, Austin wins it. Then Rock wins the title. And then you start the build-up. And it's like, oh, my God, this could be the most fucking phenomenal WrestleMania of all time. Yeah. And then you have this, the deal where uh, McMahon makes Deborah Austin's wife, Rock's manager. And it adds another layer. And then Rock goes in and Rock starts acting kind of heelish, hitting Austin with the stunner and all that. And then that interview that Jerry did. Oh, that was the perfect interview. With those two just... It was kind of like a face-off, right? Yeah. And them sitting in the chairs just talking shit. That was perfect. I watched that segment like 20 times as a kid. Yeah. I need to beat you, Rock. Yeah, it was I so I need good. it more than anything else in this world. Yeah. It really set the stage. And it made, and it kind of foreshadowed the heel turn, too, because he sounded desperate. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, it, was, it was fucking phenomenal. And the match, I we said before, it does have kind of an underlying uh, negative about it because of the whole heel turn and everything. Even if the heel turn didn't work, that match still did. And I think even the finish did, too. Yep. And the fact that Rock wouldn't kick out after the couple of chair shots and stuff. And it's like, oh, how do we put Austin this guy down? The, when yeah. Austin beat the shit out of him with the chair, it's just like, okay, finally, you know, they got him down. But he kicked out at the one chair shot. Yeah. He kicked out after the stunners. And everybody's just like, I remember watching it back in 2011. Uh, we had that Stone Cold anthology DVD thing. Yeah. And uh, uh, watching it with Grandpa, and he popped when yeah. Rock kept kicking out. It's like we've seen this thing a thousand fucking times. <laughs> uh, 
but I'll never forget, like, because I, I bought that DVD set, right? Yeah. I bought it. I watched it with Grandpa. He watched the entire DVD set. Then he bought it for me for The same thing? The same fucking DVD set. <laughs> I'm like, you know you just watched it. Like, I had this, right? Well, you didn't tell me that you watched it with me. <laughs> oh. Well, you should have kept it out to where I could see it, so I know I can. <laughs> of course, it's my fucking fault. Uh, good time. Uh, but yeah, no, it was that whole that whole match. I want to say the match went about a half hour, right? Yeah. Yeah, just like it's it pretty much. That's the way you script the story. It is. Eric, is WrestleMania 17 the best rock match of all time? It's up there. It's up there with um, Hogan. I mean, in terms of build, build just like the Hogan and uh, Rock, I think it's up there with that. Okay. But the match, was, match itself was better than Hogan and Rock. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I do agree with you. And it says a lot that, like, three WrestleMania matches of his in a row all are on this list. Yeah. Uh, 17, 18, 19. Kenneth, uh, is WrestleMania 17 the best rock match? I think so. I think overall it, it was. Starting off from the storyline, the build up, from everything else going into it, and in the match itself, I mean, it's all a perfect story. But it's funny, because I think it's the only one that he loses in this, <laughs> but on this list, but yeah. it still shows how big of a deal it was, and his role in it was so huge. Yep. And he had the best dance partner of all time. Right. And, and I think he even made it even more popular. Exactly. And, like, if you think about it... Go ahead, Eric. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, look at all his dance partners that he's had. Austin, obviously, has got to be number one, right? Yeah. Would you put Triple H or Mick at number two? I'll put Triple H. For rivals? Yeah. Triple H. I'd almost put Triple H over Austin. I think they just had such – they were a little more consistent. Well, not consistent because I Rock and Rock Austin, Austin did better at WrestleMania than they did anything else. Triple H and Rock really didn't – well, they didn't really, really didn't get WrestleMania. But, but they held the year 2000 together. Yeah. And it's just yeah. those two, they had a different energy. Him and Austin were perfect, but to me it was always that spectacle and it was that magic yeah. and of WrestleMania. And then you had, like, you had the the the, uh, the match at, what the fuck was it? Uh, Rebellion. That was pretty good. Well, those usually don't count because you're a <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and they've had a couple to end. Another thing that could be on this list, I almost made it an honorable mention, the Survivor Series 2001 match when uh, Austin was the captain of the WCW, <laughs> or the Alliance, and Rock was the captain of WWE. That was a great match with the two of them in, at the lead. Yeah. Right. 
it had nothing to do with the invasion, but it like it should have it should have been a different match altogether. But for a rock captain team versus a Austin captain team, it was fucking amazing. If you really wanted to do it right, your WWF team should have been Rock, Austin, well, Kurt, yeah. Kurt Angle, Undertaker, and Kane. Yeah. Versus Goldberg, Sting, Hogan, Hall, and Nash. Yes, absolutely, but. That's not what we had, and that's not what it was. But for a Rock captain team versus an Austin captain team, it was fucking amazing. Yeah, no, I, I That agree. match is great in yeah. a different lens. You just have to look at it with a different lens. Yeah, you have to look at it with an unobjective eye. But, yeah, that was our top ten moments of matches for The Rock. I think this was a lot of fun. Uh, I do, too. We'll get out of here soon so people can watch. Because we didn't have any... Uh... Rocking Kurt Angle matches. Well, the triple threat. Uh, but oh, okay, yeah. the No Way Out match was really good, but you only have so many slots. Right. Him and Angle do yeah. have good chemistry, too. And like, and him and Booker at SummerSlam was a good match. Oh, SummerSlam 2001. And him and Jericho, too. Him and Jericho had really good matches. Yeah. Uh, the Vengeance 2001 match was really good. Yeah, definitely. Uh... Eric, you're not, are you working next Friday? No, the following Friday. Okay. The 18th. Uh, Eric, because uh, you've gotten to pick the last couple. Yeah. Okay. Eric, what do you want to do for the show next Friday? We'll let you pick. I'll get back. I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you tomorrow. All right. Let me think. Let me have Sounds 24 good. hours to think about it. Okay. That's fair. All right, Doug, do the plugs and let's get the fuck out of here. All right. Make sure you listen to Boxman and Smart, the wrestling outlet on YouTube, Wednesday nights, 10 15, 10 20 Eastern Time. Uh, and uh, right after AEW Dynamite Wednesday nights. Then Sundays, 9 30 p.m. Eastern Time, listen to them for the Hollywood Hangout. Uh, also on YouTube. Listen to us, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Friday night for the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. Next week, Eric will get to pick the subject. He will let everybody know. Well, he'll let me know tomorrow night. Tomorrow on show. We announce it on, uh, on Unscripted Unlimited, which will be tomorrow night at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're going to do a baseball tier list, Unscripted Unlimited, on blogpodradio.com slash everything unscripted. Yes. All right. Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern time for the Stabcast. Uh, Daniel and Mindy. We're doing the movie Head Count. Head Count. Yeah. All right. So people get uh, their heads chopped off, I'm guessing. No, they don't actually. It's actually a doppelganger movie where there's like a cursed demon and uh, there's one extra person in the room the whole time and nobody knows. Ah. It's more of a mind-fucky movie. I thought it would be a flash of two. And then on Monday we have the... It's not a disappointment. It's a great film, Doug. Uh, <laughs> and then on Monday we have... Uh, we we have the web cave, the old cave of webs with me and Bob, the big Bobino. And uh, we're going to be doing another face-off. He's going to be representing Iron Man, and I will be representing the Black Panther. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun time. Uh, Sharon, Danielle, and I are contracted for this episode. Yeah, we'll see. I didn't like Sharon's judging last time, but if we can't find anybody else. uh, (laughs) 
When your judge says I'm bored halfway through it. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of kills the moment. Uh, take her phone away from the lawmaker. <laughs> but we'll see what's up. Uh, and then, of course, Eric and Glennis will be back. Uh, I mean, well, as long as Eric pays proper respect to the Bills, Eric and Glennis will be back for uh, NFL Hard Hits this upcoming week, either Wednesday or Thursday, uh, around 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Thursday? If Clinton can do it. If Clinton is okay with that. Thursday. Yes. Okay, good. Uh, All right, so they will be reviewing week nine and previewing week ten. And then, of course, make sure you check out our buddy Sean, Elite Diplodoc, on YouTube and Twitch. we're going to have something coming up real soon. Eric, uh, Daniel, and I are going to be starting our own toy selling group on Facebook. I'm going to work on it this weekend. Uh, hopefully, you know, we can get some traction and get some toys sold. Hopefully, we don't have to resort to selling nude pictures of ourselves. But we're not against it. <laughs> uh, so, all right. Uh, but we'll keep everybody updated on that. All right. I think we can get out of here. All right. If I forgot something, screw it. Doug, you're a beautiful man, and I'll see you at the Brazilian Wax. Everybody, uh, we'll see everybody next week. Have a great night. You too. Do I think I have a You too. In the struggle, you know what I'm saying? It's all good, baby, baby. Shake it, shake it. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Salt and pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack, Mr. Magic Molly Mall. I let my tape rock till my tape pop. Smoking the bamboo, sipping on private socks. Way back when I had the red and black lumberjack. 